Hmm, next on the list of seasons to ruin is... You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granado. Steve. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Three of four in Boston. Down nice. go the Red Sox. Down <laughs> go the Red Sox. Ah, uh, you love to see it. In a season full of bad, you'll take something good. Thanks so much for clicking on the show, guys. We have a whole bunch to talk about. It's Fan Mail Friday. We have a whole bunch of questions to get to. Um, so we're going to do that a little bit later on in the show. Of course, we have to start a little bit on the neg negative side here, Stace. The Yankees did get shut down there in game one, a 5 nothing final. Um, I, I did want to bring up Michael King here, though, because he pitched well. He gave yeah. up uh, that one earned run on a Willier Abreu bloop single. Bloop. Yeah, I mean, like... He had kept getting hit on that changeup almost all game, but they were all like every hit he was giving up almost was was like good pitches. Like they were all good changeups. They just happened to doink it into wherever outfield grass. It kind of felt like Mo when he would give up the occasional hit, and it was always like bloopers like that. Although with him, it was usually like broken bat because he was sawing the bat in half with his cutter. But it was it felt reminiscent of that. They weren't getting, you know, great contact. It was just lucky. And he pitched. He's just looking better and better the more they put him out there as a starter. Yeah, almost goes five, four and two-thirds, the six hits, the one run, a walk, and eight strikeouts. So, again, that changeup was working pretty darn good. Uh, I did also want to bring up Greg Weissert out of the pen. He looked good as well, two and a third, gave up a solo shot to Rafaela, his second homer of the series. Um, but just two hits and three strikeouts, good to see Weissert, but the Yankees' offense just really fell flat. You got to give it up to Tanner Houck there. He did look really good. Uh, his off-speed stuff, his slider was looking really, really good in game one. Uh, Yankees ended up going 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. It felt like it was August all over again. I know. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, it would have been nice to sweep. It's hard to sweep a four-game series, though, you know? so Let alone I mean, with two been... double headers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, although, <laughs> you know, that one time in 2006, the Yankees and Red Sox played that five-game series, and it was a double header on one of the days, and they played Friday through Monday, and the Yankees swept all five games, which – um i just was it did it felt like august it really did like i was just yeah. like sitting there like come on guys let's go <laughs> get uh, something going <laughs> the glaber run mistake at third it's so weird because the yankees are so contact play heavy that glaber stopped that yeah. was such a weird decision from him Especially again, because the Yankees are so. I mean, I've belabored the point on this show multiple times about the contact play. The Yankees mm -hmm. hell bent on the contact play, and for the one time that it would have worked out, they didn't actually do it. Uh, yeah, they had chances there in the fifth, but again, just never really got anything going. Couldn't get the hit with runners on again. It felt like August, but game two, Stacy started with that big judge slam. I mean, the the close call at first, thanks to uh, Higgy beating that throw out and then judge yeah. goes deep with the slam and oh that felt great and that was funny too because i saw 
earlier on Twitter, someone was talking about how his numbers had gone down uh, lately and he hadn't really been doing much lately uh, between the games of the doublehead. It was just funny. I just thought that was funny. I was like, of course he hits a grand slam and like almost to center and 418 feet. And it's just like, oh, 89 mile an hour pitch, like literally down the middle. And just oh, like, yeah. what are you, why are you throwing that? To him? <laughs> Don't ever like, do that again. Like, why would you do that to all to, of all people to throw that pitch to? I was like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> but also why? <laughs> yeah, It's like Verdugo swinging first pitch earlier in the series. Thank you very mm. much. Yeah. Uh, thank you. We'll take that. <laughs> Clark Schmidt battled through some errors. Volpe had a couple of uh, errors, one crucial error. Um, five and a third, seven hits, four runs, three of which earned three walks and three strikeouts for Clark Schmidt clearly didn't have his best stuff, but he, he battled, man, he battled. And, uh, you like to see him still giving the Yankees a bit of a chance there, despite not having his best stuff. We've talked about that in relation to Garrett Cole this season and how important that's been for the Yankees. Um, you love to see Clark Schmidt also kind of take the mantle in that regard as well. Um, but man, the Volpe airs obviously not great he's been solid at, at short this season a lot yeah. of double plays turned uh throughout the day yeah. um but how sweet stacy was that ninth inning two run bomb from oswald peraza i so again i for new folks of the show i watched oswald play all last season i never see saw him burst out like that he i never seen he, he he's a pretty quiet even killed dude for him to bust out like that, hit that bomb and scream around first. That felt incredible. I love seeing that from him. Yeah. You could tell he was very excited that he finally got that out of the way. Finally. And what a shot too. I mean, that was no, you know, that wasn't like a pesky pole home run, like in game one that Boston uh -huh. had, uh, you know, that was a monster shot, which you love to see that. And uh, man, he ran around the bases like in seven seconds. It was unbelievable <laughs> I was hey, like, remember wow. he's got some speed don't worry he's got speed yeah yeah uh, that was good. that was good though yeah yeah i got a little cement mixer kind of just rolled back out over the plate and he demolished that thing that was awesome that was so awesome that was uh his best moment of the season thus far with with uh, the yankees and uh i hope to see that more and more i think he's what 15 for his last 40 it's almost mm. a 400 average uh over that span so keep swinging oswald love to see it uh, yep. What you don't love to see is Steve and Stacy looking dumb. Well, maybe you do love to see it. So why don't Actually, you go ahead and take a look to see yeah. if you do love that. <laughs> take a look. This is us a couple of days ago making our bold predictions for this Red Sox series. Let's see how we did. Uh, but do you have a bold prediction? Carlos Rodon gets knocked out in the second inning. No, that was mine. No, it was not. Yes, it was going to be the third. <laughs> I, I was going to say Carlos Rodon can't get out of the third inning. <laughs> Michael King goes five innings again, doesn't give up a run, three or less hits allowed. I was kind of close. You were kind of close. You were kind of close. close. Yeah. Kind of close. Uh, he ended up going four and two thirds, gave up one run. He gave up six hits. Mm hmm. So, Stacey, you currently, at this very moment in time, you didn't get a point for that. You're obviously right. very wrong. We're doing pitch pretty – you pitched well. Not great, but fine. Yeah. Did strike out like nine or something, right? Um, yeah, it was like nine in five innings, which – I mean, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, but you currently lead five to nothing. And can you please – look, I, I didn't get anything right on the nose, but I did come a th an out away from getting the five innings. Okay. 
can can I take a point one? Yes. <laughs> okay. I think mostly just for the joke of the scoreboard saying yes. five to point one. Yes. I'll give you point one for that. Okay. All yeah. right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm because back on the board. It's really, it was really Boone. It was, he didn't really need to take him out at that point. He was only at 87 pitches. Pitch. And yeah, I, I, I didn't want him to be taken out either. So yeah, I'll give you that. I'm on the board, boys. I'm on the board. <laughs> Five to point one. Uh, we're not getting shut out this time. No wager <laughs> that next week. Um, hey, so Yankees essentially kind of just ruined the Red Sox final last ditch effort. Look, they probably yeah. weren't going to make they it. They weren't going to. No. But this was the they needed to win three or four. They had mm -hmm. to win three or four, if not sweep. Their schedule is tough. They got Toronto. They got Tampa Bay. Uh, it's done. Done deal. Red Sox are done. And I, I that's great i mean to say as a yankees fan here for you i gotta imagine feels uh great for for what this season is man you'll take that for what this season is for how bad the yankees did against them up until this point for them to go into fenway and win three out of four at this point in the season with as many kids as they have with as many question marks as they have with the news of dominguez being down for the season i mean they came into fenway with just a snowball effect of bad stuff coming in and the fact that they took three out of four in two double headers is amazing. <laughs> take it, take it. Uh, season's still to ruin. They can still ruin the, to, the Toronto Blue Jays season. They got six games against Toronto, three of which are at home. Yeah. Um, and then other teams in contention, contention, of course, we're running out of time here. D-backs. They yeah. can also ruin the D-back season at that point. And it's going to like a week and a half or so. So not after this, not it's after the series with Toronto. So it's Pittsburgh, Toronto, and then Arizona. So a chance, a chance yeah. to ruin a couple of seasons here. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about this mm -hmm. series. Is it a little cherry on top of a mound of blank? Let us know in the comment section on YouTube. Uh, of course, it's Fan Mail Friday. Drop your questions, or you did drop your questions for Fan Mail Friday. And subtexters get priority with their membership. Check the episode description for all the information. We have a whole bunch of questions ranging all over the place, so we'll get to those in just a second. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why our new sponsor, Jace Medical, offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Back here on Locked On Yankees. Hey, don't forget, New York headed to Pittsburgh here for a three-game set over the weekend starting tonight. Roberto Clemente Day. Of course, you can listen to that on SiriusXM. Download the SiriusXM app today for free. Coming up on Monday's show, we need to check in on the Patriots and the Renegades making their playoff pushes. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this part of the show during the Renegades playoff game, so hopefully they pull out a victory. Um, that way we can talk a little bit more about how they're doing and moving on to the next round, which is the final round. They're in a do-or-die as we speak. But, of course, you already know what happened. 
so that's on Monday. We'll be talking some playoff minor league baseball for Miners Monday. Stacy, it's Fan Mail Friday, as it always is here on Locked On Yankees. Answers to your questions. You sent them in all week, as, of course, our subtexters get priority. So we have a whole slew of subtexter questions. Let's get to them. First one comes to us courtesy of Adam. Let's assume King continues the starter role that he is doing well in. Medium protection, especially since Steve has zero to wager. Oh, medium prediction, sorry. Uh, who has a better ERA next year, Clark Schmidt or Michael King? Yes, of course, uh, my bold prediction status is uh, not great, as we all know. Uh, <laughs> Stacy, Michael King, Clark Schmidt, if you look into the Lockdown Yankees crystal ball, who has a better ERA in 2024? Mm. I'm thinking if they stretch him out to a starter and he pitches the way he's been pitching, I think Michael King. <laughs> Because yeah, he really has might... strikeout stuff. He has better strikeout stuff than Clark Schmidt. You know, I mean, Schmidt can strike people out, but some of King's pitches are just wicked. And if he can get those working, I feel like King. Yeah, I mean, he's already stretched out through what, 90 in game one, like just shy of 90. He was like 89, yeah. I think. So, yeah, I mean, he keeps stretching it out and keeps having the success that he's had. I can't foresee him uh, not at least being good next year. Um, I, I think this is here to stay. I don't, I don't think Michael King uh, as a starter is going anywhere. I think he's right. legitimately going to be a starter next year. I think um, so too. They wouldn't it. be doing this for no, like there, there, there's no reason for them to do this other than to stretch him out. It's not like they need him for yeah. the playoffs or anything like that. So yeah. yeah. If they were really concerned about pitch count and that type of thing and injury and this not being moving forward, they would just go bullpen days on fifth day. They mm -hmm. wouldn't they wouldn't legitimately pushing him five, maybe even to the sixth if they can uh, yeah. 90 pitches. You know, they'd be going 50 and then calling it quits there. Um, thank you, Adam, for your question. This next one is coming from Eric. I'm going to let you take the lead on this, Stace. Do you think 25 years is enough time for Cashman? It's more than enough time. He should have been gone a while ago. <laughs> Plain and simple. Thank you, Eric, for your question. This next <laughs> one is coming from Betty. I feel good about the decision for traditional Tommy John surgery in regards to Jason Dominguez. Do you think it's the right choice to fix the elbow? I thought they said that they weren't sure what they were going to do until they got in there. Cause I thought I saw a report that said that they were going to figure it out once they got in and that it could be a combo kind of surgery where there's some sort of bracing and like, I don't know, but I saw that. So I don't know if okay. it's going to be traditional Tommy John yet. Okay. Uh, Boone was a little, a little reluctant to say those words that, that, that the, the dark words were not supposed to say right. in Tommy John. But I mean, it, it, I hadn't seen that report, Stacey. Uh, I had only seen Tommy John. Yes. Done. So that's, that's what it feels like here. That's what it looks like. And yeah, I mean, Jason Dominguez went to multiple doctors um, you know, they don't take this type of decision lightly. They, they look at all avenues. We've talked about Ryan Weber in the past here this season, and some other guys have done more exploratory type of, uh, elbow surgeries and, you know, things of that nature in the arm. So, you know, they were weighing all those options. Yep. And if for him to go to multiple doctors and find a surgeon that he liked, right. Cause we know that, that he pick handpicks his surgeon, does all that stuff for him to feel comfortable enough to do all of that. I think they're making the right decision here. I'm going to go ahead and trust the Yankees. I'm going to go ahead and trust Jason Dominguez. I'm going to trust those doctors that oh, yeah. know 
what the best case moving forward is and and what's ultimately not remember you want him back obviously you want him back on the field but you don't want him back and then just re-injuring you want right. him back and healthy and ready to play the rest of his career without ever having without ever having to think about it again that's the goal so yeah because you don't want to sit there watching a game and thinking, oh, God, it's, it, can, it, it can explode. Because that's how I felt watching Masahiro Tanaka here the whole time because we knew he had the partial tear in his UCL. And every time he pitched, I was just like, oh, please don't let this be the time that his elbow explodes. It's just not a fun way to watch baseball. And it's not fun for them either. I know some of these guys want to kind of pitch through it. And if they're told by the doctor, you can pitch through it. Of course, they'd rather go through that than go through a whole surgery and a recovery. But it's still, I can't imagine what that's like knowing that potentially a body part of yours could be a ticking time bomb. Yeah, that's not a good feeling at <laughs> all. And it, it could always lead to lead to you regressing as well in that regard where you're like babying it a little bit because mm -hmm. you know, either uh, consciously or subconsciously doing mm -hmm. that type of thing. So trust these doctors, I trust them, uh, let it ride. Thank you, Betty, for your question. Last one here in the segment, we have more later on in the show. Of course, as we know, uh, this one's coming from Angelino. Do you guys think that the Yankees will agree to a City Connect jersey next year? Do they even have a say in that decision? I wanted them to have a road alternate we've talked about the city connects a little bit stacy um all teams are going to get them I, I don't think the yankees have a say in yes or no in that regard i think it would yeah. be insane if 29 of 30 did it and they didn't um as far as next season we don't know which teams will be uh they haven't announced which teams will have them there are still nine teams left that do not have city connect jerseys uh it's cleveland detroit minnesota the mets the yankees oakland <laughs> uh <laughs> philly st louis tampa bay and toronto those are the nine teams that do not have them how how do you have a city connect jersey for a city that you're leaving oakland yeah um the first year they did it they had seven teams the next year they did it they had seven teams and this year they had six hmm. um so oh pardon me that's 10 teams left um so they they've gotten 20 of 30 those are the 10 teams that are left so i don't know if they're gonna bang them all out next season and do all 10 i imagine maybe they do five and five just yeah. to keep it even or six and four or something just to try and keep the distribution going out uh simply but we, we've talked about the city connects before stace i i'm very curious to see how the yankees uh attack this i wonder if they'll do the yankees and the mets in the same year that would be cool honestly mm -hmm. if they did a subway series with the city connects i'd be super on board for Ooh. that Ooh, I'd be yeah. Super on board for that. Like if they could do, yeah, like one team wears theirs for uh their home games and the other team for their home games, right? Because is that well, how it both both wear yeah. them because they could because they they're both very, in the city. Yeah, they're yeah, it's the same that, city. <laughs> that would make the subway series really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least some, at least something would. So the <laughs> hey, we had a good <laughs> first round this year. That was a good first one. Those first two games were great. Uh, the way the city connects work, by the way, is they essentially the team like the front office works with Nike in pitching multiple designs. So the team will pitch ideas. Nike's team will pitch ideas and they just kind of go back and forth until they ultimately land on something that they both agree on. And then that's how the jersey gets made. So it's a multi-year process so i gotta imagine the yankees are already going through that process with nike because it's not like just on a whim nike goes all right this is what we got this is what you're wearing it's, it's a collaborative effort so i gotta imagine the yankees behind the scenes are already working with it i had a uh, a friend that uh used to work for the angels and uh, was with the team before they unveiled the city connects 
but he had left like two years prior. They had already gone through all the City Connect stuff and had already landed on a design at oh, wow. that point years before. So it, again, it's a multi-year process uh, that goes through uh, the whole City Connect thing. It's pretty cool, honestly. I, I love how they do it. Obviously, not all of them are great and not all of them were winners, but uh, I'm, I'm super on board for City Connects. I just don't want the Yankees to be boring, which That's is asking my for fear. a lot. That's my fear. I'm <laughs> That's very worried yeah. that the Yankees are going to go navy blue tops or like all navy blues, but they're so dark they look like nor like they don't look like anything. They just look like the spring journey jerseys or something. Yeah, they, they know they have to do it big. They they have to do it right because it's right. the Yankees. They don't change their jersey. No. If hmm. anything, I think the Yankees have maybe the most pressure when it comes to their city connect because of all. Oh that. yeah. Because it's the whole, the Yankees are boring. They don't do anything fun. And if they unveil something that's boring, they'll be like, well, typical Yankees. <laughs> they have no they imagination. A, they have a Harry Potter night. They have a Star <laughs> Wars night. They did the Rizzo Mandalorian bobblehead. Um, <laughs> thank you, Angelina, for your question. Let us know how you're feeling about City Connect potential in the comment section here on YouTube. All right, step aside one more time. We come back a couple more questions before we get out of here for the weekend. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That means you can get out-of-market games and watch them whenever you want on YouTube, which is pretty cool. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back now on Lockdown, Yankees, Yankees, Pirates, Buckos in the Berg this weekend. You can listen to it on SiriusXM. Download the SiriusXM app today. Stacy, a couple more questions here before we get out for the weekend. One more from our subtexter. This is coming from Albert. Do you see Michael King as our new Chad Green, a utility pitcher who can pitch whenever you need him instead of just being a starter? Stacy, you're shaking your head. Why? I feel like they're going to stretch him out into being a starter. I don't think they're going to, you know, put him wherever. I feel like they're going to, you know, the, Sevy's not coming back, right? They're going to possibly try for Yamamoto. Then you have Rodone, you have Cole. You don't know what you're getting with uh, Cortez because you don't know if those shoulder problems are going to keep happening. Well, you, I mean, obviously, you don't even know what's going on with Rodone either. So I feel like they're stretching him out for a reason, and it's going to be to have him as a starter for next season. I don't see yeah. him as anything else. I don't either. I think what's nice about Michael uh, Michael King is knowing you always have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. That's what's really sweet. It's not just like you get these guys, the failed starter, like Andrew, the Andrew Chaffins of the world, right? The failed starter turned reliever. Um, but in this case, you already know Michael King can relieve at an elite level. Mm -hmm. which is such a huge thing to have in your back pocket. So if this starter thing doesn't work out, you know you have a bona fide setup man, potential closer already. It's not like Mo, 
right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, you're taking a gamble that he can relieve. You're taking a yeah. gamble. You know, we're talking about Luis Severino potentially relieving. You're taking a gamble there. You don't have to gamble at all. It's a sure bet with Michael King. That's such, such a luxury to have in your system, let alone on your 40, let alone on your 26. So that's that's huge. But yes, I agree with you. He's a starter, I think, at this point. I think we need to stop thinking of him as a reliever. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, Subtexters. You guys drive the show. We really appreciate it. All right, a couple here from our YouTube community. This one coming from at John Puri1024. The three largest payroll teams in baseball, Mets, Yankees, Padres, have all had disastrous seasons, while small budget teams like the Rays and Orioles have surprised everyone. Should the Yankees restrain their spending in the coming years to force themselves to exercise better judgment in the players they sign? Thank you, John, for your question. Thank you for joining the Fan Mail Friday family over over here stacy your thoughts on john's question well i don't think the rays were a surprise i mean they've been at the top of the al east for the past like five six years now so it's not that surprising that the rays are going into the playoffs the orioles were the bigger surprise because they're pretty much like a year ahead of schedule from what everyone thought no they should not restrain their spending the yankees they're the yankees i say this all the time they actually have to spend more but they have to spend smart they have to be smarter about what they spend but they have to spend um you can't be like uh steve cohen and just throw money out to just anyone willy-nilly which is kind of what happened with the mets and it backfired for them you have to spend a lot of money and be smart about it and you can do both and i feel like the yankees have gone away from that because they see success like the rays and they try to emulate them and it fails miserably so just be the Yankees. You make tons of money, billions of dollars. You're worth billions with a B, billions. Spend the money for the love of God. <laughs> I agree with you. I would also like to add causation does not equal correlation in this regard. Just because the Rays aren't spending all the money in the world on players, that doesn't mean that's why they're successful. These two things can exist independently in this regard. The Rays are a prospect farm. That's all they've done for the last decade is sell the big guys right before the contract comes and get a bunch of prospects back. Why is Blake Snell not leading the staff in Tampa Bay with Shane McClanahan? He probably should be, right? They trade away their guys before they have to pay them. That's how the Rays get the thing done all the time. And that's how come you go, the Rays only spent this much money to do. No, it's because they're cheap. They're cheap in that regard. Uh, (laughs) They don't pay their players on a consistent basis. Obviously, we've seen some contracts over the last couple of years. I hope that continues because these players deserve the money. That's what they need to be doing. But again, causation does not equal correlation, especially when it comes to payroll in baseball. Thank you, John. Appreciate that question. Next one, last one, coming from Angelo Reina, 5336. Who do you think will be removed from the 40-man roster? Thank you, Angelo, for your question. Of course, heading into 2024, there is a lot coming off of that 40-man roster. There has already been some off of that 40-man roster, as we already know, because of the Bader stuff. And uh, we know Sevy is going to be off. Herman's been off for a while because he's inactive on the temporary inactive list. So there's going to be actually a good chunk of 40-man space for 2024 just by doing nothing, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
we'll see how because there's going to be a couple arbitration cases here in the offseason when it comes to Jake Bowers, when it comes to uh, Billy McKinney. So there's a couple of guys that have to go through the arbitration process here. So that's it's weirdly enough, it, it's two guys that haven't really performed at a level that's, you know, going to garner them a massive contract or anything like that. Um, you know, you see a lot of guys go through arbitration, but there's some of the bigger guys and you go, all right, cool. Well, we really want to keep you around. Uh, Bowers has not performed the way they had hoped. The power hasn't been there consistently. Um, Billy McKinney has obviously dealt with injuries here, especially recently. So I'm curious how those arbitration cases play out that that's going to be something we watch for in the off season. Those are going to be the, the niche parts of the off season episodes, but yeah. uh, that's going to be the super important <laughs> stuff. I mean, you need role players. I mean, look what happened this year. Role players are on the everyday lineup at this point. So uh, they're no longer role players. They're just the players that are starting nine. So mm -hmm. thank you, Angela, for your question. And thank you everybody for submitting questions for fan mail Friday. We really appreciate it. And we love doing these episodes. So keep them coming. Even in the off season, we plan on continuing, even if it's just a segment, obviously you guys are going to have as many questions as you do during the season, but we plan on still doing fan mail Friday moving forward. Thank you tomorrow. Oh, not tomorrow. Tomorrow. We're not doing nothing Monday. Miners Monday. We're running out of Miners Mondays. I think we only have maybe two left, maybe three left here. Uh, as minor league season comes to a close, we'll talk about the Patriots. We'll talk about the Renegades. Of course, their playoff runs uh, up in the air. We'll see. We'll talk to you on Monday. That's going to do it for today's Locked On Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. As Steve said, we'll see you on Monday.